why people have to have like the no gun zone because people don't follow the rules and they're still going to come in there with a gun or a knife and they're still going to do it and then what are you going to do you, you can't protect yourself against the bad guy because it's a no gun zone but people are still gonna bring a gun in a no gun zone that's what criminals do they don't follow the rules they feel entitled and then they want to cause a ruckus so i don't know why it's such like a battle between protection and like oh but we don't like the police to me i'm just like Bring the armed guards there, shoot up that person who's going to be coming and being disruptive on campus. So I don't know. That's that's my opinion. No, that's I, I agree with you. And it, I'm hoping that the pendulum is swinging back to where not only the students can start trusting the police, but they can get the budget to bring the police in and, and uh, these security officers that are armed. A lot of times I've heard on some of my other security people on uh, LinkedIn that they'll have security officers there, but they won't have guns. Well, wait a minute. What's, so what's the point of that? What that gonna, what, exactly. What's the point of having them there in the first place? I, I, well, I, no, that well, that's wrong. So yeah, that's at, at least one point. The other point I wanted to make is, is like what you said, look, I don't want our schools to be prisons. Nobody wants that. However, there are, has, there has to be layers of security Starting with special resource officers, locking the doors, you know, have a fencing. I mean, something that will slow down that active shooter till the good guys get there. And again, like, like you had said, look, if someone is, excuse me, hell bent on coming in and creating chaos, they're going to do it. Nothing's going to stop them. It's not going to stop them. Our job as safety and security is to slow them down enough that you have enough time for the good guys to get there. So just take uh, them out. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and these special resource officers do have enough training in order to do that. So yes, I agree with you on, on that point. Yeah, no, I just, it's a scary world. There's so much mental, um, mental illness going on and uh, people are like losing their minds and they want to harm others because they're unhappy. I mean, it's just a crazy world we live in. Um, I, I just can't, it is scary, like taking your kids out there and you think that's the, you know, they're at the safe place at school, but you just never know what that day is going to bring. So I think it's really important that, you know, we have people like you who have this book, the first five minutes school shooting survival guide for administrators and teachers. And I think it's also a good tool for parents to have as well to read and then educate your child as well um, and talk about it at home and what to do in a threatening, life-threatening situation. Um, how can people find this book? Where can they pur purchase it at? I've got it on Amazon. It's by both both hardcover and uh, the Kindle version. And I know I've got a, um, you know, my last name is is weird, but if you punch in just the first five minutes, it will come up in the in the search engine, uh, and you'd be able to purchase it. And again, uh, for me, I didn't. I didn't write the book to make money. Obviously, I wrote the book for awareness, just for something very simple. Because I'll tell you, when I would go to these schools, um, you, you would have books, like two or 300 page book. Well, that was on a shelf. In order for the teachers to quickly see something, what I did was within the book, uh, you can get not you get a I, I put in a plan. They call it, you know, they kind of make fun of it, call a plan in a can. It's just a generic blank plan, emergency plan. However, also you can download in there 
and again, this is mostly for, for teachers and administrators. It's a credit card size reference card. And it's just the size of a credit card. And on there, it's going to list what, you know, an act, what, what do you do in active shooter? What do you do in this? And, it, and it's, I mean, it's tiny print, obviously. But I found out, and this I just found this out recently, uh, a doctor friend of mine said, oh, yeah, we use those cards all the time because there'll be an emergency. It'll be a code purple. They're like, what the hell? I don't remember what a cold purple is. And I got to check the card. I said, you guys have reference cards? Like, oh, yeah. I said, I mean, you know, how many yeah. colors are out there? So for something like this, because I'll tell you, you know, I went through 9-11 at the White House and I had the training. But if something like this happened to any normal person, I want to say, um, you're going to you don't know what you're going to do. You're going to freeze up. You're going to forget what day it is. I mean, I everything's a blank and you're going to be like, what do I do? And I said, OK. Mostly everybody wears a lanyard with either their ID on it or their um, copier card on it. This little card, just attach it. Look, oh, gosh, I forgot to turn the lights off. I forgot something. Go back to the reference card. So, and the reason, again, and again, I know it's hard, but I like to have drills more frequently than every quarter or every six months. I mean, we do fire drills once a month, and it's kind of ridiculous. I always argue with our fire marshal, like, what the hell? When's the last time we had a fire to school that hurt anybody? I mean, like what, hundred years ago? They don't have fires anymore. It's all sprinkler systems. You've got hour-long, more three-hour-long doors and walls that protect you, and yet you know you do a fire drill once a month. It's like we've yeah. doing that since we were kindergarten. Active shooter drills. Ah, oh, yeah, we'll do that. You know, three months from now or whatever. And they usually don't run it properly. And they're still using codes, Christina. Come on, I'm not going to go into school and hear a code red. If I hear a code red one with Tor, I'm going to go ballistic. You don't use codes anymore. Just plain language. Plain, that's it. We're in a lockdown. Don't use codes anymore. If, yeah. if you're a parent and your school's using a code, speak up. Because if you got somebody that has no idea what a code red is, they probably something bad, but you don't know what it is. Yeah. Use plain language so people know what's going on. I had, and it's 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 in the book. I had this whole funny story. I had an elementary school, and this was when I first got on the job. And I go to this elementary school and I said, okay. I said, let's pretend that I'm a shooter and I'm coming in to your school. It's just, what do you do? Well, the first thing we would do is make an announcement. Good. Go ahead and make the announcement. So they make the announcement. The announcement was, the pony is being delivered today. <laughs> and I'm just looking at them like, wait, what did, what did you say? Why would pony they say that? Why not? Yeah, like we, there's an uh, oh, no. oh, because they wanted to make it nice and fluffy and and very, you know, so they don't panic anyone. So the kids don't get all panicky and stuff. I'm like, what? If I'm a kid, I'm like, they're delivering a pony. All right, let's go. I so know. I was like, no, what do you, if there's someone there that has no idea what that is, like, oh, they're delivering a pony today. Okay. I mean, if you've got maintenance worker, outside people, parents are like, what the heck does that mean? Uh, I, that, that was the funniest and, and dumbest thing I've I, I've ever heard. I said, "No, you no longer do, don't use anything weird. Just plain language. <laughs> we're in a lockdown. Just so, be just be like frank and blunt of what, what's really happening. We got exactly. an active shooter on the campus. Lockdown. That's it. And <laughs> I, you're not going to scare these kids because I tell you what, these kids are not naive. I mean, when you're talking kindergarten first graders, okay. But I've had I've had fourth and fifth graders." that know what's going on. I had an incident at an elementary school where the principal decided he was going to trick them. And it was a school, an open school. So he goes out into the courtyard during the drill, during an active shooter drill, and he has a megaphone and he says, it's okay, everybody, it's all over. Let's go back to class. Like, Come on out. Everything's okay. And the regular teachers did the right thing. They stayed in their lockdown. 
two substitute teachers like, okay, yeah, we're back to class. And the kids jumped up immediately. It's a trick. It's a trick. You're not supposed to come out. So these kids know what's going on. And I want to, one other point. I mean, I know we've got a short amount of time, but a lot of, a lot of, I'd say a lot, some of the parents uh, feel that their children are being traumatized by these drills. Uh, now, I disagree with that because when I was a kid, I went through the drills of, you know, we went through the Cuban Missile Crisis and we had to go out in the hallway and cover it and duck and cover and stuff like that. And we didn't think anything like that. We're just like, we thought it was just a way to get out of class. It's great. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what I would think, too. Every time yeah, we exactly. drill, I'm like, oh, yeah, we've got a drill. <laughs> yeah, the heck with teaching. Let's go out and have fun. So um, this idea that they're going to be traumatized by this drill, um, to me, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I don't like announced drills only because what happens is you pre- pre-plan, you already turn the lights off, you put the thing on there, you turn your phone off so you can get as minimum amount of time in the drill and get it over with. That was the idea that just getting it over with. And no, that's not the idea. The idea is to find things that go wrong and fix them. That's yeah. why we drill. I like that idea, the spontaneous, like don't announce that there's a drill. Right. You know, surprise them because that's how it's going to be in real life. It's going to be a surprise. You're not going to know. And like you said previously, you forget, you kind of go blank. You're like, oh man, what's, what's going on? So I totally agree. Yes. So I, not only what I would tell parents is not only check with what's going on at your school, uh, talk to your children, find out what, what kind of drills they're running, how often, and if they're running them properly. I mean, to, I've had, when I first came on, I've had schools make an announcement. We're in a lockdown drill. Tick, tick, tick. They would wait 10 minutes. Okay, drill over. That yeah. was it. That was their drill. And I'm like, no, you fail. This is the way we're going to do it from now on. So find out how they run their drill. Talk to your children. And I would emphasize to ask them drill more often because you want those teachers to have that confidence that as soon as something like that happens, there immediately clicks in their head. Oh, yeah, I remember my training. This is what I got to do. Yeah. So it's again, I emphasize, empathize, excuse me, with these teachers uh, on the job that they do. But um, I tell you, it's I, I'm very uh, proud of, especially teachers down here where, where I am and, and where my son goes to school. He tells me, yeah, they, they just still do option drills. Said, OK, as long as they do lockdowns also, I'm, I'm happy. So. Well, I have four questions I'd love to ask you and get to know your okay. answer. Um, so my first question is, who and what inspires you? I don't know who inspires me now, I, I would say, is my wife. Uh, she's a doctor, and she runs her own business. And she's in something called functional medicine, which I had, what is that? I had no idea what that is. And she explained it to me, and probably because, when well, you say inspires, she fixed my health. Uh, I had no idea that I was gluten sensitive. Uh, I had no idea that I had some other issues with my health and she's changed my diet and changed my health. So for much better. So definitely uh, right now it's my wife who inspires me. Oh, I love that answer. And then my second question is, what is something you wished you knew when you were younger? (laughs) Oh, there's so many things. Uh, Oh, I don't know if I, it's something I wish if I was, if I was, you know, it's the kind of, it's that the kind of question to turn around and say, what would I say to my younger self? Um, you know, because some people have regrets, whether it's relationship regrets or whether it's career regrets or something along those lines. Uh, 
something I, I wish that I had known. Um, I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I had, you know, when you think about it, when you really think about it, I'm pretty grateful to be where I am. Uh, my dad died when I, I consider now <laughs> relatively young age at 76. Uh, he had Parkinson's disease. Uh, my mom has dementia. So at this point, I, I'm, I have to say that I, I'm just grateful uh, to be where I am at this point. Yeah. No, that's a great answer. And then my third question is, what's the essential part of your daily routine? Well, I'm retired. I Well, I take that back. I would I'd say semi-retired. Mm-hmm. However, being an alpha personality, I can't sit still. So I'm very fortunate to be in Florida where the weather is always nice. Uh, so I exercise at least every day, do something. I mean, um, I used to vigorously exercise. I mean, things happen, you start getting arthritis and things start hurting. So, mm-hmm. all right, I'll, I'll stop that and I'll do these other things. But I will tell you, uh, my wife, who is 15 years younger than me, is a tremendous athlete. She plays softball twice a week and she plays basketball. She was on the basketball team in California and her, uh, when she was younger, her high school team won the state championship in California. It was like a Hoosiers uh, thing. Yeah. So she says, let's go play basketball. I'm like, oh, my God, she's a little thing. Like, and I'm six foot four. She goes, no, no, we're going to play. And she's a player. So my knees are hurting, but, boy, she runs r- circles around me. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's exercise, uh, daily exercise. I still obviously uh, have my son that I take back and forth to school, and he's into his projects. Um, again, I still try to stay up on the safety and security. It's not 24 seven for me. It's just something that I've been concerned about, you know, since I got out of the secret service and I say, you know what, I'm, uh, I'll also do some, uh, side notary work. So I, I try to keep busy. Well, that's good. Your wife seems <laughs> super cool. Awesome. Very, she does a lot of things. <laughs> I oh, love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so my last question is the best advice you've ever received. ever received i've had a lot of advice um probably you know i thought back on this when 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 you had questioned it earlier and i was the first in my family to go to college and i remember one of my dad's best friends just came up to me said look just be yourself don't be someone else you know be a leader if you can be a follower if you want to but just just be yourself and i went uh away from i was i grew up in connecticut and i went to school in illinois Mm -hmm. And I was a long way away from home uh, for the first time again. Yeah, I was in the Boy Scouts. You'd go for a weekend and stuff. But this was like, look, you know, can't come home for the weekends. Doesn't work that way when you're 2000 miles away or whatever. So that was probably uh, at that time, probably the best advice. You know, I've had career advice, but that was probably the best advice I've gotten at that time. That's great. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. I think it was such a fruitful conversation. And I hope that the audience took away some important key tools and information that they need to inform their children on how to be more safety in a life-threatening situation with an active shooter, bomb threat, etc. And All of Daniel's information is down below in the show notes. Don't be shy. Go say hi. I'll also have the book link down there if you would like to get your hands on it. And thank you all for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. And I hope to see you all in the next one. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Christina.